You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt, director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I'd like to begin today by calling in the helping spirits to be with us. So I call out first to your ancestors and to mine. I call out to those ancestral helping spirits who bring all that is good and true and beautiful in our ancestral lines to us. I call out to those people who lived well, who died well, who met the challenges of their time in a way that innovated the change and brought forward the blessings and the prayers and the medicine necessary for their own time. And those people who also understood the difference between that which is fleeting and that which abides. And those who carried on the great traditions that allow humans to be better here in the world. And I ask these ancestors to stand around us that we might discern in the same way. What do we hold true to and what do we release and let go to allow it to transform so that we can heal and change and grow and learn from those who have gone before us. I call out to these ancestors to help, to help the living to do what they are here to do and to do so in a way that is good for those who are coming. And as these human ancestors gather around us, may we reach through them to those ancestors who have been here much longer than the humans. I call out to those non-human ancestors, those in other forms, plants and animals, insects, birds, elementals, uh, spirits of the land and the great spirits of the land. I call out to these energies to be with us here, to help us as humans to remember those things that truly abide those things that go with us when we die help us to remember our true nature and help us to remember our place in the great web of life And with all of this understanding and remembering we ask these energies to help us to have the strength and the courage to do what needs to be done even though it might seem different perhaps even a little crazy at this time we we'll call out to life to help us, to help us, the humans, to be better versions of ourselves, that we might create the world we are truly dreaming of. And as these ancestral helping spirits, and their many, many forms, gather around us here today, let us each take the responsibility to gather ourselves from wherever we might be and call that awareness into our mind, from our mind to our heart. From our heart, let us focus on our belly. And from our belly, let us reach down to the earth and connect deeply into the earth here and to give thanks for this day. Thanks for life. Thanks for the day, even if it's filled with great challenges. Even if it's a hard one. Even if you feel only the suffering of this day. We give thanks for life. We give thanks for the wonder of this dreaming of this beautiful planet that brought life here through that great dream and we give gratitude for the generosity in that green dream that allows anything to change as long as we are still breathing 
And we give gratitude for the clever, trickstery energies here on Earth with us to help us to understand how to see those problems differently where needed and understand how to go forward in a good way where no one has gone before. And we give gratitude to the Earth for this place for us to live this journey. And with our gratitude pouring out through our heart into all of the layers of the Earth, let us reach down and down deeply into the Earth. At this time, each hemisphere of the Earth moves in somewhat opposite directions. At the same time, though, the Earth is still the Earth. That essence energy is still the same. It is still the energy that is before. Whether you're looking ahead to the winter solstice or looking ahead to the summer solstice, this is still the place that we touch the energy of the potential the potential to change, the potential to connect with the abundance that is around us, the potential to be the abundance that is needed. Here is the potential, that which refreshes and renews and restores and allow us to have a strong foundation in our life so that we may be the men and women we have come here to be. And we reach deeply into the earth's energy for that nourishment and refreshment and we call that energy up up into our lives, into our bodies, into these proceedings. We call this silvery clear energy, just like fresh, fresh spring water. We call this energy up into our being. And we ask this earth energy to help us to understand how to be grounded in our body and on this planet. Help us to understand what it means to be manifest in a good way. And from this grounded place, let us understand who we are, what we stand for. And to build our sense of home, our sense of family, our sense of belonging, and our sense of hearth, that very heart center in our home. Let us build this all on what has heart and meaning in our life. Not empty traditions or empty contemporary ideas. But let us risk touching deeply into our heart to understand what really has meaning for us and to build our life around that. They remember in this time, this high time of solstice, whether it be winter or summer, to open ourselves to gather, to invite those who look different than we do, who speak differently than we do, who pray differently than we do, and invite them to our table that we might all learn each other's prayers. And then we might all become each other's blessings. And together, through our diversity, And the provocation inherent in that, that we might all become the men and women we were truly meant to be. And as we learn from the energies of the earth how to connect and interconnect, to come into a wholeness within ourselves, our wholeness and connection and interactivity with our environment, with the other people and beings in our environment and with the invisible world, we ask the energy of the earth to help us to continue to understand about connection and about community and about belonging. And as we draw this earth energy up from our belly to our heart and our heart to our mind, let us send it up and out the top of our head, out through the atmosphere and out into the cosmos and all the way up to the highest power of the universe. And by whatever name you know this energy, ask this energy for another name that others call it. Begin to understand the oneness that is inherent in this energy, no matter the many faces the many names it has been given, the many ways of understanding that there is this one energy that radiates 
to all life here on this planet. And let us begin to open our understanding to include all those names, all those people, and all those living things. And as that divine radiance radiates down on you, as it does on all things, open yourself to call in this blessing. And we call in the great essence energy of blessing into our lives, into ourselves, into these proceedings. We call down the energy of protection and commitment and devotion and we open to the benevolence of this universe and call it in. We call down all the wisdom of the cosmos, the benevolence of this world, and we ask to be inspired and illuminated that we might innovate and create in our lives. And we draw this energy down into our head, from our head to our heart, our heart to our belly. We draw this energy back down and send it to the center of the earth. And in this way, we open ourselves. We open our center channel to connect above and below. These two great legendary energies that are in the stories of the people from around the world. These two great legendary lovers whose connection has given birth to all this experience of form that we share and call life. And we ask that that big love awaken the spirit of our own hearts and that our hearts awaken and that the crucible of transformation within the heart come online and begin to reach down and draw up the fiery passions that live in our belly and draw down the cruel crystal clarity that lives in our mind. And we call these energies together in the heart where neither one dominates the other and yet they both dance together, finding a way to engage, to draw forth the essence and the best in each other until that creates the beautiful friction that creates the memory or the understanding or the feeling, some sense in your heart of why you are here, what gives your life meaning and purpose, and those things that you truly believe in in life. Let this awareness come alive in your heart and may you find in your heart the courage to do something in this day, large or small, to bring those very special unique gifts into manifestation in the world. And if you reach out and feel all the spirit help that you have to do that, know that you are not alone and that what you bring is necessary. May what needs to be said here be said, and what needs to be heard be heard, and may these proceedings go forward in a way that is good for all living things. I have great gratitude for all the energies around that support us in all that we do. And I want to give a special thank you to the people that are able to donate financially. That why shamanism now, even for all the years it's running, it still has bills to pay every month to keep the archives of the show available and free to anyone who can get on the internet anywhere in the world. So I thank all of you who are helping me to make that real, to make that happen. Not a week goes by that I don't get thanks from others who are not as able as you to do donate financially expressing their gratitude and not a week goes by that I don't receive an email from someone that says thank you for these shows it is helping me to change my life and as we each change our lives we all change our world and so I thank you all for the very real way that you are helping me to make that reality possible so I thank Sarah and Julie and Jennifer and Danielle and all of those listeners who donate you can go to whyshamanismnow.com well you can once we get the website fixed it's um the server is having problems right now. But normally, you can go to whyshamanismnow.com, click on the support button, donate any amount, large or small. Um, it all goes directly to keeping the show on the air. And each year for the last handful of years, we have been um, 
pretty much breaking even on the show, and I am thankful for that. I'm also grateful for those of you that do other things to help the show to grow. Sharing the shows, talking about the shows, commenting about the shows, and otherwise engaging in the shows. And I'm deeply, deeply grateful for those of you that are actually living things, that are actually doing things in your life, bringing the ideas to bear on the world. And today's show is about that. And I give thanks to those of you that have questions as you wrestle with these ideas and endeavor to apply them in your life. Because it's those places that, that uh, aren't quite working that help us to create another show that fills that gap in our understanding of how to be shamanic people in the contemporary world and to apply our shamanic skills in practical ways. So I give gratitude to all of you for all the many things that you are doing to help make the reality of why shamanism now available as it is to the world. So we are, um, we are live today. So if you have any questions about today's topic, which is the solstice fire, fierce love. So if you, have, if you have any questions about that topic, you can call in at 512-772-1938 or you can Skype in from the co-creatornetwork.com site um, or email me at christina at lastmaskcenter.org. So it's easy to forget in the face of humanity's current collective madness that love matters and that ritual can bring our love to bear on the world. It's easy to forget in a time when we barely know what ritual means. It's easy to forget its power, to forget that it does matter and that it does work. So last year at this time, we worked our way through four shows on the winter solstice of uh, 2014. That solstice offered a unique opportunity for sudden realignment with one's soul's purpose for those who were prepared and those four shows dive deeply into preparing for the ritual into doing the ritual and how to follow up after the ritual and many many listeners did the journeys and the preparation and the ritual and followed through and they changed their lives and they told me about it and the important thing about this is this is just a podcast and yet people sincerely brought their heart to bear on their own lives through ritual and changed their lives. We can bring our love and intention to bear on this world through ritual. We must not forget that. And at the same time, we must remember how. We must remember how to engage together in ritual. We must remember how to prepare for ritual, how to ask for the ritual from spirit that needs to be done, how to participate in ritual, and how to follow through after. That there is a somewhat mistaken idea of ritual, that the ritual is the thing, that it has the power, and it's sort of magic. That when you step into ritual, magic happens and... um, depending on the power of the shaman or the ritual or the place or whatever, that you're going to pop out the other side a different person. But the reality of ritual is that the power of the ritual is in the preparation. It's in how you approach the ritual, how you prepare yourself and make yourself available to the transformational moment in the ritual itself. 
and how you seize that opportunity then following the ritual to manifest that change in your life. And that's what we need to remember. How to prepare, how to follow through, and how to ask. Once again, how to ask for spirit for the rituals that we need to do the things that need to be done. So as I said in the opening, a number of people have been somewhat in conversation with me throughout the year about having done the solstice ritual and the changes in their lives and the challenges in following through. And here's one example from a listener. So the past solstice was an awakening from slumbers of all sorts. Those shows exist forever because you expressed eternal beauty through them. And then with spring, summer, fall, the stumbling. But forward progress. Summer solstice highlighted by focus on what must be released and cleared. Recycled, if you will. So things are improving. But the shadow whispers sometimes, my abuse is not complete. Isn't critical self-abuse just slow suicide? So what next? Says the listener. Asks the listener. Full circle, I think. Back to the original shows, leaning into the fear and asking for guidance from the healer, the warrior, the adept, and the visionary. And they say, repeat the cycle, except better this time. Perhaps they say more to you. So I'm not sure they're really saying all that much more to me at this time. I think to repeat and dig in even deeper is pretty much the message that I am getting as well. I was going to do four similar shows this year, but the spirits really didn't support that path. They reminded me that to do it again will not be the same. To trust that your work last year has been a true transformation. The person you are now is doing this winter ritual for the first time. Only this person has deeper trust in the value of the time and energy spent to prepare. This person that you are now knows this time and ritual will change what needs to be changed. And the person that you are now trusts spirit more, given the success of your work in last year's ritual work. And so the person you are now trusts spirit and ritual more and trusts the person that you used to be even less. So in preparing for the winter solstice, the spirits say, look around you. Revise your understanding of love. And they showed me images. Our world burns now. And the spirit said, turn those flames into true flames. Humans carry the triple fires of passion in the belly, truth in the heart, and clarity in the mind. They are true flames. True flames are not the burning caused by the expression of faults and excessive yang energies all over the world. People vying for leadership with terrible character and poor values, egos raging in the fire. These false flames, wars, violence, mean-spiritedness, cruelty, blaming others. All of these things, as they explode around us into these false flames, 
So the true flames are not the burning caused by this expression of faults and excessive yang energies. Yang energies who have forgotten what they are. They have forgotten their true nature. The true flames are passion for what has heart and meaning. Listening to the truth, the flame of truth in your heart and cultivating clarity in the mind. These are all required in equal parts to muster the fierce love necessary to be the medicine for the people and for our time. The spirits encourage us to revise our understanding of love. Your understanding of love is not meant to stop growing and evolving ever in your whole life. If you stop love at that place where it's just what you learned from your parents and as the love defined by whatever your favorite music was at the time you became sexually active, then you have stopped defining love at a selfish stage. It's natural, but it is selfish. And what the spirits encourage us to do is to keep growing, to deepen our understanding of love, to engage your courage of your heart in your life, because your heart is a wild thing and you need to let it love with fierce passion. So let the solstice fire be a means by which you bring your fierce heart's power to bear on the world. So I was just teaching the last part of the cycle teachings for this year and we were laughing about goody two-shoes shamans and all of this talk about love and they were teasing me. And um, what we talked about is how only someone who has not actually engaged the power of their own heart would say that. And that only the person who remains in this this, um, selfish, personal, romantic um, stage of understanding love would belittle the power of love. And to love, to truly love is with a courageous heart is actually terrifying. It's not like getting uh, the love of your family or the nation or your people or that sense of this sort of love that is given. To truly love fiercely with a courageous heart is absolutely terrifying because it creates and because everybody else around you thinks you're crazy. And to allow fierce love to motivate your actions in the world feels batshit badass crazy. Absolutely. And nothing short of this, nothing short of this will create the more beautiful world our heart knows is possible. To live in this way is to be fully alive. And only someone who is challenging themselves to truly engage the full power of their heart really knows what we're even talking about here today. And so this is what I encourage you to do with your ritual. I don't know that it matters so much whether it's your summer solstice or your winter solstice, but that you engage in the solstice to awaken this fierce love and to continue to grow and deepen and master love. as a a path of mastery that keeps growing and deepening and growing wider and more universal. Allows you to be a bigger and bigger and bigger person throughout your entire life. 
So let's dive back into the solstice preparation. And I urge you to listen or re-listen to the shows um, from last year. They, they go into great depth about um, the different perspectives from these different archetypal teachers that lead us. And someone asked me um, why the healer and warrior and teacher and visionary. And the simple answer is they are the primary teachers in my the cosmology, the shamanic cosmology that I teach and that I practice, that I live in, that um, guide us in transformation and the manifestation of our calling. And so when we are doing ritual work with some version of that in mind, these are the um, primary helping spirits that we go to. Okay, so let's dive back into that preparation then with this perspective on fierce love. So ultimately, we come to the solstice fire, whether winter or summer, to go to the grandfather, right? The old, old man fire, the first ancestor with grandmother ice, right? We go to ignite our fierce love so that we are able to direct our power and our love with wisdom and vision. So the healer gives us these four areas that we need to investigate to uncover the old stories we use to shape our lives. And, you know, the thing about using stories to shape our lives is it usually means that we're also lying to ourselves. So um, so the healer asks us to look in four areas for old stories, for lies we tell ourselves, for limitations that we set for beliefs that we carry that may not really be true and to places that we're not really aligned with the person that we have become. And so the first place the healer asks us to investigate is to investigate what it means to live well. That our understanding of what it means to live well should keep evolving over time. I mean, don't you look a little bit askance at the 65-year-old man whose values appear to be exactly the same values he shaped at 18? Still the same fast cars, the same girl, right? Not a woman, but a girl, right? And women do the same thing. I'm not just picking on guys. But the point is what it means, the way we would define what it means to live well just like how we would understand love, it's meant to keep growing and changing as we come to understand the deeper meanings in life, the deeper truths in life. And we begin to understand the energy that's truly underneath that which is apparent in the world around us. What does it mean to live well in a culture that is on fire, that is violent, that is arguing? that is unable to hold a reasonable discussion about the things that will shape the lives of our children, is unable to hold a reasonable discussion about things as basic as clean water and fresh air. So what does it mean to live well? The second thing the healer asks us to explore is healing as death and death as healing. To be able to move into a place in our life where we understand death as an ally. And those things that we need to release and let go 
even if they're things that are simply outmoded by our growth in life, that we truly learn to let go. And so there's, there's, a, there's a long exploration about these ideas in the old show from last, from last year. But the important thing is to explore it again now. Healing as death and death as healing. The healer also asks us to investigate the relationship between the community and the individual and the relationship between the individual and the community. So, for example, a listener asked, you know, um, in questions that actually I think contributed to a better show, but was asking, you know, what do we do when we feel abandoned? You know, trying to clear the abandonment we feel as a child, and yet we still feel abandoned by our culture today because we're not the entitled group. And part of the thing about understanding that, how do you deal with that very real situation for a whole lot of people, is that we need to understand our relationship as individuals with the community and the community with us as individuals. So, in other words, in that situation, the community is failing the individual. The culture is failing the individual by continuing to abandon those people and not other people. And the individual needs to then decide to change their relationship with community so that they can find the community support that they need as individuals to then open back up to whatever their work is in the world and to create a world they want their children to grow up in. And so part of that for me is finding a community that understands that if we would initiate our people from childhood to adulthood, they wouldn't care whether the community abandoned them or not because they would be adults and they would understand that they are the ones shaping the community. So there's all these dynamics in the relationship between the individual and the community to look at. The healer's asking us to look at where you are allowing some dysfunction in the community's relationship with you to keep you from doing the healing you need to do and to allow your heart to fill. And similarly, asking you the, the, the converse of that. Where do you, as an individual, have a relationship with the community that limits you or keeps you in some way from doing the healing that you need to do? Um, The most common example I see of that is people who believe they must maintain a relationship with the community, be it their own family of origin or some some sort of group that is um, really damaging for them, and yet they believe somehow they should maintain that relationship in a particular way. So the healer asks us to explore these limiting stories about who we are and how we are in the world and the things that are meant to fill our heart so that our heart can be full and that it is um, rich and robust in the love. So what it means then, what the healer is telling us then is how we live. Living well fills our heart. Our relationship with death and that sense of not acting as if we have endless time helps to fill our heart. It makes the day immediate. It helps us to remember to be grateful for this day and to, and to live the day, live the hell out of the day, 
right, and not waste it. Our relationship with community is meant to help us fill our heart. And where it doesn't, we need to consider changing that relationship. And that goes both ways, the community with us as individuals and as individuals with community. So the healer is guiding us to discover what we do instead, you know, what we're doing in our life instead of the things that fill our heart. And to stop doing those things. And to ask the fire for help to stop doing those things. To release what is necessary to stop doing those things so that we, we can redeploy our resources towards those things in life that do fill our heart. And in this way, the healer is encouraging us uh, to let go of the stories or the lies that we tell ourselves that keep us from growing up, especially in our understanding of love and opening to a much bigger understanding of love as our relationship as a small body of love with the bigger body of love that is the whole, all that is. So that's kind of largely what the healer is talking about and the warrior the warrior then gives us three areas to focus on to discover where our hearts are closed and um, where they're closed and what they are closed by what do we allow to close our hearts and most of us allow fear to close our hearts but but why that fear why do some people fear some things and not others why does that particular fear close your heart um so the warrior is about exploring our relationship with the things that we fear. And uh, in particular, the warrior encourages us continuously to look at um, our stories from our childhood and refuse to continue suffering from our child, the suffering from our childhood, to refuse to continue that pattern in our life and to do what we need to do to discern what that is and do what we need to do to be able to end the repetition of that suffering that that is actually really great warriorship but also the understanding that that is also basic warriorship it is what we need to do to bring our energy out of our childhood and into present time and to learn from our life experiences so the warrior also encourages us to accept responsibility for the life we have created so for each one of us to accept responsibility for the life that we have created and stop blaming other people, organizations, and things, no matter how unfair or unjust they are, for our life, not because they aren't unfair and unjust and not because they don't need to change, but because to blame other things makes our destiny turn away from us. The question is, what is our responsibility? And to take responsibility for the shaping of our own life, whatever that is. And to not blame other people and other things. But to know that regardless of the, the world that we're born into, that we are still responsible for ourselves in our life. Not from a sense of blaming yourself either. Because you want to be able to respond you want to be able to understand that you are empowered to create your life and that you want to feel the pull of your destiny. These things open our heart, open our heart to the wisdom that is available for us. Because while the culture may totally suck and betray you, the wisdom is still available to you. The real energies do not follow the same rules. 
the real energies are equally available to everyone and the wisdom is there the issue is to open our hearts to receive it and the warrior encourages us to look at the things you know what do we need to release into the fire so that we can focus on our one true responsibility which is finding that resonance of who we are aligning with our truth and our truth cord and finding a way to manifest that authentic self that true self in the world with the understanding that for many of us there's more than one way and that the important thing is to begin and over time to continue to find you know throughout your life to continue to find better and better vehicles for the expression of your true purpose your true self to do so in a way that benefits others and that connects you with the world so the warrior is guarding guiding us sorry guiding us to discover the deeper wisdom we all have access to if we will simply make it our way of living to face our fears to learn to discern truth from fiction to learn to discern ourselves from others toxic ideas ourselves from our own toxic ideas to learn to discern our own truth to discern our capacity to create change within ourselves which is mighty mighty we are so strong in our capacity to create change within ourselves if we just have the right skills changing the world is another thing changing the world is something we need to do together it's really humanity frankly that needs to change that we will need to do together but the only way we can work together obviously without killing each other is to learn a new skill learn new ways of thinking have the ability to discern more accurately between truth and fiction and this is what is being demanded of, of, of us at this time we must learn to discern and be grounded in a more universal truth that is the truth of humans on earth without being so biased and colored by whatever the particular flavor is and so as i said the warrior is really guiding us to um, face our fears as a way of life right the answer well why didn't you do that well because i'm afraid yeah not good enough explore why you're afraid what's the root of that fear and see if you can get to the cause and throw that in the fire and then follow through with transforming facing that fear and moving out of that as a defining as allowing that to be a defining energy in your life okay so facing your fears learning to discern and to do whatever it takes to take the steps that get you out of the small self a person that is a very sweet loving good person why else would you be listening to why shamanism now but you're living in this definition of love that is defined by your family of origin your romantic life your lack of romantic life your your time as you became a sexual being and it stays very small and very personal and what this time is asking of us is that we grow up in our understanding of love and our capacity to love. And so the warrior is asking us to open our hearts and engage with the deeper wisdom that is around us that is also a manifestation of love. And that we learn to step out of our small self, our small personal ideas about love, 
our addictions and the many, many ways we are getting better and better and better at avoiding real life. So these are the, the encouragements of the warrior. So the teacher's message is a reminder always that the path um, of your true calling is a path of mastery. It's not necessarily a path of fame or fortune or even happiness. That mastery is about the quality of your experience of your true self in doing the thing that you've chosen to do. So as I've said many times on the show, my soul's purpose is not to be a shaman. The efforts through shamanic healing, through teaching shamanism, even my efforts on this show are vehicles to express my soul's purpose. That I found that this this shamanic point of view, the skills that come with it, the cosmology that comes with it, everything that has come with it and how it has changed me has made it is a better vehicle for me to express my soul's purpose. But it's not my purpose. Your purpose is within you. You already know it. Most choose to ignore it. It is there. It is within you. And that your life is this opportunity to bring it out, to learn how to express it, to love it, to let it grow and cultivate and learn how to express it in the world. And so the fire, every fire we step up to, well, every fire of release that we step up to, and the solstice fires are usually fires of release, every fire that we step up to is an opportunity to release those beliefs that we've taken on along the way that keep us from feeling our passion and allowing it to contribute to the decisions that we make. So um, the teacher wants us always to remember that you actually have to lead yourself down your path of mastery. You actually can't go to anybody else to do that for you. You can go to the people to help you learn skills, to help you to heal, to help you to become better able to walk your path but you still have to walk it and you can't follow anyone so no one else can take you there so the question for the fire in preparation for the fire is what keeps you from stepping into the strength of heart needed to walk your own path what keeps you from stepping into the strength of heart needed to walk your path the strength of heart needed to be your authentic self in your relationships in the world, be they work, be they personal, be they intimate, be they family, whatever. What strength of heart is needed and what do you need to do to create that? The, that's the preparation for the fire. So your true calling this is still the teacher, right? The true, your true calling will require the right use of power. And the right use of power requires that you cultivate sovereignty. So My encouragement would be that you journey to find out what sovereignty feels like, what the necessary state of sovereignty feels like for you to live your true calling. And then in your journey, ask to experience your current state of sovereignty. Most contemporary Americans, at least, have pretty shaky sovereignty. They, they, that they have um, either excessive or deficient relationships with their ego but a person who's in a good, uh, in a true state of sovereignty has a healthy ego and it is in service of their fierce heart. 
And so if that's where we're going with sovereignty, you know, what do we need? Where are we? And then how do we close that gap? And what can we release into the fire to help us to do that? The teacher also asks us to explore what beliefs do you carry about will or power that create dissonance with your own right use of, of will. So what beliefs do you carry about will or power that create a dissonance in your own actions? You know, there's a little hitch in your get along as you begin to express your will in the world. So the teacher is guiding us to discover our true strengths are deeply rooted in the heart and our ability to choose to cultivate the balance and wholeness and the trust in ourselves and the world needed uh, to have a strong heart and to do what we've come here to do in our lives. From this place or this stance, we can use our power well in the world, individually and collectively. And so finally, the visionary is counseling us to take these journeys to explore the different aspects of our current internal orientation. You know, what's going on inside that distorts our ability to connect with our heart's clear vision. So often our heart has a very clear vision, very clear perception, very clear internal view, very clear external view. We just don't listen. You know, back to the shows with Brad Keeney about raising our own fire and, and raising the heat, raising our heart to encompass the mind and allow the two to work together. So the visionary is not just about forward-thinking vision, but it's about accuracy in all seeing, inner and outer. So the visionary uh, encourages us on our journeys in preparation for the fire to explore what beliefs do you carry that distort your understanding of power and your true calling and their relationship. So what beliefs do you carry that distort your own understanding of power, your own understanding of your true calling and their relationship together? So the visionary also counsels, um, what do I need to do to clear, this would be a journey that you could take, what do I need to do to clear my heart of doubt and the fixation on what's not working so that I am able to trust myself and my vision? You know, to become someone different, especially if you're struggling with addiction, you actually have to be able to believe you can be a different person. That you have a vision for what that might be and that you can begin to trust yourself in it. And one of the hardest things about addiction is it erodes our own trust in ourself. So it's hard. It, it, I, it is. And yet the helping spirits are there. If we ask the questions and invite spirit into our life through ritual, we can make these changes and follow through after the fire. So there's this question about what you need to do to clear your heart of doubt and fixation on what's not working so that you're able to trust yourself and your vision. Uh, the visionary also encourages us to ask, what beliefs do I carry that distort my alignment with my true nature? So true nature um, 
I read an article recently that I thought was a good example where someone's true nature, for example, let's say, is to, um, to create great logos and branding and sort of to take in um, other people's ideas and visions and who they are and to, and to shape that into a way that they can present themselves into the world. You know, and that kind of person, their true nature may be just simply that, that gathering and diving into that, that place of creativity and coming out with the goods. And that that kind of person may have absolutely no desire in the world or aptitude or Billy, nothing in their true nature that allows them to actually run a business. And it's important to know that about yourself, your true nature. In my, in my true nature, I am terrible politically out in the big cultural world terrible I am so deficient in my patience it's part of my nature that I am endeavoring to to grow in this life but I am not there I'm terrible politically in the big scale but I'm really good one on one in small groups small going deep working with shadow these kinds of things that are not political. So this is what it means to really know your true nature and allow it to help to guide you in the kinds of vehicles to choose for your soul's purpose. Ones that are aligned with who you really are and what your, your uh, not just your skills, but um, where you are really growing and allow you to create new experiences to build on new experiences of true self-expression, true authentic expression of who you are. So for me, for example, I trust that over time in life, as I continue to do my best to live my soul's purpose, that that huge deficiency in patience that is part of my character um, grows and changes. You know, that I have to trust that as I tend to what I can tend to well and do my best, that these other things will also grow and change. So the visionary is guiding us to see clearly the distortions of reality that undermine our courage. And part of seeing clearly is being able to see things like our true nature. What is our nature and what is not? And so, as I said, the visionary is trying to get us to see what undermines our courage to engage in our fierce love and the power um, to take the steps to manifest a new way of living, to help us really see into that and release the distortions into the fire and allow ourselves to believe in that vision and see it clearly of ourself, of our world, of possible communities, and to engage in creating that, not just talking about it. Although talking is good, we need to act. And so your approach to this fire is preparation of yourself at least but possibly preparation of your community you know for some of you doing the a ritual the solstice ritual again this year the step forward for you might be engaging others and doing it with you maybe you did it by yourself and i'm sure it worked great and maybe the step forward for your fierce heart is to offer the solstice ritual to others and have them come and join you, have them prepare and have them join you in it. 
So the important thing about this fire is ultimately your goal is to clear the way for your flames, the flames of passion or why you're here, your soul's need, your soul's need for being here, the why you came into this life, that passion in your belly. It's to clear up the truth in your heart and your alignment with it and to discern where's the dysfunction there. Is it there and you're simply not listening? What needs to happen to really cultivate, again, a strong relationship with the truth that is aligned in your heart? And finally is to begin to use your mind. This is getting trickier and trickier as we get more dispersed in all of this technology. It's harder and harder for us to focus in and create a clear mind, clarity of vision, clarity of your own vision, not just being able to parrot out 14 different um, other people's attitudes or ideas from Facebook or Twitter or whatever, but to actually engage not only in the ideas that are out there, but in your own mind, clearing out the old stuff, focusing, resonating, aligning with higher energies to nourish the mind and then allowing it to settle in and find its own clarity. And that ultimately these three things, the passion and the truth and the clarity, these three flames and getting, getting these three flames freed to burn and making sure they have the fuel that they need and the air that they need, this is really the goal of this fire, be it winter or summer. But this solstice fire is to get your triple flames burning and find in that the fierce love and the courage to act. And so we go to this fire ritual to do three things, to renew our own fires, the fire of passion, the fire of truth, the fire of clarity. To release the things that we carry that block the flames. And that's particularly what you're asking the old man, the grandfather, the fire to do for you. And your job is to understand what hooks you to those energies. And when you can release at that level, the fire can really take it and help you to um, unblock that which limits your flames. And most important to let go into the fire is the things that you do that simply put your fires out, that dampen. And I am including pharmaceuticals in this. What needs to happen for you to be able to get off whatever that pharmaceutical is that you take that dampens your passion and your desire for life? That is a side effect of a lot of what people take today. And then they wonder why they can't find a sense of their true calling. So the third thing at the fire is to let go of the things that we do that put the fire of truth out, the fire of clarity out, the fire of passion out. And then our last step is to embrace, is to really embrace the preparation, the ritual itself, and the follow-through. So I'm going to share a quick run-through of the of the fire ritual for those of you who are just going to go forward with this one show. Um, this is also explored um, in more detail in the four shows prior. So the point of all of the energies that you might gather from all of those journeys and all that preparation is to try to weave those energies through your own creative efforts into a power object. 
and the object then goes into the fire. And the two main principles with the power object is it's always good to make sure that you are using things that when they burn, they will not be toxic, that you do not harm yourself and friends. It's easy to do that uh, accidentally these days. And then the other thing uh, about your power object is it needs to match your fire. You know, if you have a small fire, it has to be small. But even so, even if you're doing a big bonfire, it's usually good to not make a, something bigger than your own head. It's a basic principle. So anyway, so you so you do your journeys and you prepare and you weave those energies into an object. Uh, so you prepare yourself, you prepare your space, and you prepare your post-ritual celebration before you begin. And then you light your fire. You call in the spirit help. Songs are good for this. You can do this within your own cosmology. Mostly I encourage you to do this in a way that you are comfortable with, that is simple and basic. If you are able to do more, do so. But I, I ask you not to reach beyond where you have begun. To do this at the level that you're at and trust that the ritual itself will have the power that it needs. And that your preparation is the way you bring the power to the ritual. Okay, so you've called in spirits. Someone, if you're by yourself, it's going to have to be you. You do an invocation. At the invocation, you greet the fire as a being. You ask it to perform its sacred function. In this case, you're asking the fire to help you to release these old energies of blah, 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 whatever they are, so that you can renew your own fires, release the blocks to your flames, and release the things that you do that put the fires out, so that you can feel your passion, can feel your truth, and your clarity. And so then you feed the fire asking it to become a sweet and sacred fire different offerings offered to the fire and most important is to treat the fire as a being then you you can dance around the fire sing whatever it is that you need to do but ultimately you're going to release those energies into the fire i encourage people to dance first and then maybe speak the fire but not too much say it like you mean it you're communicating to your ancestors and if you have others with you then your job is to bear witness as people individually release these energies into the fire. When it's all done, you give gratitude to the fire. Again, as a being, they're good for songs for gratitude, offerings for gratitude, your words of gratitude, and then ultimately release the helping spirits that you called in. Everybody bows out of the circle or around the fire. Be sure that you close your ritual in a good way and then celebrate. And so again, our task at this solstice time, be it winter or summer, is to awaken the passion and the truth and the clarity of the three flames within our being and to unite them into a fierce heart and to use ritual to bring the power of that fierce heart to bear on the world, to create the world that our heart is dreaming of. I give enormous gratitude to the ancestors for gathering around us that we can actually do this. Give thanks to the earth below and the sky above. And I give thanks to the heart that unites us all. May we all grow a fierce and big heart this winter. Thank you, everyone. Have a good week.